Welcome to our podcast. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And this is This Week in Skating. We scour the internet so you don't have to in order to focus on the confirmed news and updates. This episode, we're bringing you the news and updates through September 11th, a very busy week in the skating world. (laughs) Lots of events going on, a lot that we're not going to be able to actually really discuss, but we're going to do our best to talk about the big events. And then, of course, you can check out our show notes for some of the other events that took place this week. Yeah, Gina and I, when we logged in to record this podcast realized that the number of events and results that we had to go over was very long and honestly too much to go over in a podcast. So we apologize. (laughs) Some of them are just going to be links in the show notes and we'll let you know which ones that they are. Yeah. One of the big issues that came up this week were some comments that were made during the live stream from the JDP in Turkey. I come at things from a different perspective because I just remember not having live streams, not having the capability, being grateful to be, to see events now versus, you know, 15 years ago. It's like night and day. I mean, Mm -hmm. I remember having to refresh the screen to get a screenshot of a performance. (laughs) You didn't get to watch the video. You got screenshots from European events. None of this, um, cool JGP live stream, none of that was was taking place, and certainly no chat features. If we discussed anything, it was on a message board. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Unfortunately, some fans have taken it upon themselves to uh, make some negative comments, and not just negative in the sense of someone is skating is having a bad skate or it's about body types and other issues that they're just bringing to the forefront, their thoughts in the age of social media. I feel like we've all been given uh, the ability to comment on whatever we want uh, without repercussions, really. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's also allowed people to be incredibly nasty And that's something Gina and I feel very strongly about. It's not that you have to run around being a cheerleader for every single skater, but you don't have to say the nasty, negative things that are hurtful. You need to remember that with regard to these junior skaters, some of them are 13 years old. They are not 18. And what you say can be incredibly harmful. And if you don't believe me, There are a bunch of books out there that you can read that will tell you exactly why. Well, one thing, Daphne, when I was watching the Junior Grand Prix, so I pull up YouTube on my TV. So I don't see any of the live chatter that's going on. So I didn't know any of this was happening because I just pull it up on my TV and I don't see any of that. And I'm kind of glad I do that because I, if I saw that comment or multiple comments again I don't know who made the comment or how many comments were made I think I would have gotten really really angry and I'm angry about the situation but I didn't really know 
that that this was happening until it was unfolding on social media and it was you know mark hanready um brought it you know attention to it and some of the skaters brought attention to it um so knowing what is going on during the junior grand prix with these live chats uh, maybe the isu will decide to shut the live chat down and not have it um during the event but if they continue to have it like that, I'm going to continue to do how I watch the Junior Grand Prix on my TV, not seeing any of these comments, because this is uncalled for. I mean, again, we can comment about a costume. We don't like a costume, or they had a bad skate, or good luck, we wish them good luck, and, and it didn't go well. Hopefully they get it, you know, together for the free skate. Those are fine, but no one, no one, and I don't care if they're 13 or 55. No one should be commenting about anybody's body. That's agreed. No, that's it, where it needs. It just uh, no one. And I think fans sometimes think we have the right to say these things because we watch the sport or we, and we invest our time and energy and money into the sport. But no, we don't. We don't no. have that right. No. And I, and I think, and I really think that things have just gotten a bit out of control. And I'm thinking about it two different ways. One, part of me thinks that, yeah, they should shut the comment section down. Two, though, on the flip side, I'm thinking, no. Because there are people out there being supportive and responsible, and it mm -hmm. really isn't fair right? to, to disconnect fans yeah. from that. Of course. You know, you feel like you punish the, the responsible fans, the good fans out there mm -hmm. um, for one or a few people's poor behavior. Exactly. And the thing is, with YouTube... I don't know if there's a way to block someone from being able to be in the chat. That's something they could look into. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, if you block someone, they can go get another YouTube account. They just signed up for another Gmail account and they can come right yeah. back in mm -hmm. and continue. So I don't know how to stop that behavior. I just think it's really disappointing mm -hmm. um, for, for, you know, we're, we're very lucky to have this. Uh, this live stream to watch mm -hmm. and it's just incredibly disappointing that there are just a few people that can't seem to stop themselves right so you know it's funny it takes me it takes me to my other podcast that i have where we talked about jurassic park and there's a line in it where um dr ian malcolm played by jeff goldblum says you're so busy trying to do what you didn't think about if you should be doing it. And that's mm. kind of what I'm looking at here. Maybe you shouldn't be making the comments. You know, think about it before you do it. Take a second. Don't, you know, right. just realize that what you do can have a terrible effect on another person. Right. Be a human. Be kind. You don't have to shower someone in roses or, you know, affection. It's right. 
just be kind. That's all you have to be. And so we're going to start off the podcast. The first thing I'm going to do is I am going to play on the podcast Mark's audio that he released on Instagram in an Instagram uh, video, a reel. So you guys, if you haven't heard it, we'll get to hear what he has to say. It's only about a minute long. So here we go. You know, we have this amazing YouTube streaming service and it's so fantastic for skaters around the globe and fans around the globe to tune into what's happening, to, to see the development, as you so wonderfully acknowledged it, of up-and-coming skating nations, of up-and-coming skaters, of people, you know, elite young humans pushing themselves on an international stage. And on YouTube, there's a, a chat box, and so people are able to offer their opinions and suggestions. And we... And I'm sure I speak for us both, Ted, would like to take this opportunity just to acknowledge that we do see the comments that some people make. And whilst it's glorious to see the positivity and support, some people choose to use that as a forum to spread some negativity and hostility towards the skaters. And I think we really passionately believe that that doesn't serve anybody, not least of all the person that chooses to be that keyboard warrior. So I get a bit hot and bothered right now talking about it, Ted, but we see you, we don't like what you, you want to put, and so we urge you to have a bit more compassion, go have some cake, and come back with a bit more jollity. Thank you. I thought he summed it up perfectly. Oh, yeah, definitely. But there are also two other comments, and to hit this home... Um, we wanted to read two posts that were released on Instagram from two different uh, skaters in the women's competition. The first one is from Selma Siri Bella Larson from Denmark. Gina, you want to read that one? Sure. She wrote, Today I skated my first ever program at a JGP. That should be enough to make me extremely happy and proud. However, I had to read some really unacceptable comments, among other things, about my body, and that was unfortunately enough to make me really unhappy and uncomfortable. This is just a reminder that kids down to 13 compete at these competitions, and kids should never have to read such horrible stuff about themselves. I'm 18. I can deal with it. But kids down to 13 are not supposed to read comments like, maybe she should just eat a little less. Another thing, it's completely wrong to compare adults' body to a child's. I am 172 centimeters tall. Of course, I look different than anyone shorter than that. So please, never comment on another person's body and think before you type. Tomorrow, I will enjoy my free skate to the fullest. And Julia Gunner's daughter from Iceland was inspired by Selma Siri's post and said the following. I didn't have the best skate, but I will take this as a stepping stone to learn how to deal with things and to only improve from now on. I thank everyone who gave me such an amazing opportunity and for always staying by my side. And I also wanted to thank Ted Barton and Mark Hanready for your wonderful comments. I will keep them in mind and move on strongly. But I feel it is also important to talk about all of these negative comments being said in the live streams, especially on body image and skill on jumps. I'm 18 now and can handle such things. It comes with experience. 
But please remember that this discipline in figure skating is from age 13 as well, and that kids shouldn't have to endorse such horrid comments. I hope that things will improve from now on, and I thank everyone for having my back and for their continued support. Also, thanks to at Selma Siri Bella for having the courage to speak up about this and for giving me mine. Two things I thought of when I read this one. I just thought about how skaters can inspire each other to come forward, to speak up, to share their truth. Um, two, they never should have had to do it in the first place because this shouldn't be happening. Um, it, it's, it's ridiculous, to be honest. And um, I think Gina and I have said in the past how we feel about the negativity in the sport, and it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone who listens to us that we decided to start our podcast with that. But now we're going to move on to event results, and we're going to talk a little bit about Lombardia Trophy. There were some issues on day one with the live stream, but it did improve. The weekend arena was packed, especially on day three. According to photographer Giada, um, who was there on site doing photos for Gina at Figure Skaters Online, uh, she said that people were there to see Carolina Costner. Um, before we start with the actual competition, I just want to say it was fantastic to see her in the Kiss and Cry with Yuma Kagyama. Um, but Gina, I'm going to let you talk about the Ben. Yeah. So I asked Jada why, um, why the arena looked packed and that's what she thought it was for Carolina Costner. But I also think it was for who she was in the kiss and cry for, which was Yuma Kagiyama. That was the highlight of the men's event. He's back competing in international competitions and Carolina Costner was one of his coaches along with his dad. Um, so glad he's back. Um, just watching him first off to me, watching him, he looks so much older. He didn't look like the little <laughs> Yuma from 2022. He looked older. His hair was a little bit longer, but still cute smile and everything. And his skating is looking better than ever. Maybe not as strong on the technical side this weekend. Um, but you know, artistry and everything else he just looked like he was floating it was just so good to watch him um back uh in the free skate he opened with a quad sow um he popped into a double his planned quad toe but as i was kind of alluding to it yeah technically he might have not been at the strongest um that we've seen of him but he had the highest pcs of the men's event with a 91.41 so the artistry, everything we've enjoyed about Yuma is back. And so I just look forward to seeing the full package um, as the season goes on with Yuma. Um, George's Nikita Agassi had three quads in his free skate, two um, quad sows and one quad toe. He fell on his triple axle. He won the silver medal after finishing fifth at the event last year. And a fun fact that Giada told me, and I don't know if people saw this on the live stream. I have to go back and now and see that he was so happy after the free skate that he unbuttoned his costume on the ice and he gave a really loud 
like cheer or something. Um, <laughs> she shared that with me because she said maybe people didn't see it on the live stream. And I don't remember seeing it, but I might have to go back and see if that happened. Um, but yeah, so he had a good good weekend in um, Lombardia. In second after the short program was Andrew Torgashev. Um, his short program, really good. I really like it, especially the step sequence. He's like flying across the ice with that. Um, I think his free skate is perfect for him as well. It has like a techno, techno electronic sounding vibe to it. Um, in his free skate, he fell on his triple axle and he popped to a single or to a double sow cow, his quad sow attempt, but he did nail the quad sow in the short program. He finished third overall, fourth in the free skate. Now, Andrew mentioned to Golden Skates Judith that he was injured again, and he was off the ice from May to July as he had a stress fracture in his back. Um, so glad that he seems to be, like he's okay and looking forward to seeing him, you know, throughout the season. In eighth, after the short program, Cam was Camden Polkinen. Um, Camden pulled up to finish fourth overall with a third-place free skate. He doubled his planned quad toe, but the rest of the program was clean. Nice to see him pull it together after the short program. Tuska is perfect for Camden, and I look forward to seeing the program evolve. And with working with Alex Johnson, I know this program is going to be really good for Camden this season. And I want to give just one quick shout out to Nikita Starson's Backstreet Boys program. I like it. And I'm going to tell you right now, I grew up in the 90s, the boy band era, 90s to early 2000s. I wasn't a Backstreet Boys fan. My best friend was. I was an NSYNC fan. And so for me to like a Backstreet Boys program, 13-year-old, 14-year-old Gina's probably going to say, what are you doing? You don't like Backstreet Boys. But I thought it was good. Um, and that should be a fun program for him this season. Yeah, there is a boy band era in every decade, I think. Because um, I had one as well. So it's, it's always interesting. Um, so in the women's event, this event was won by 0.15. Wow. Anastasia Gubanova won the gold medal, but she was fourth in the free skate. She fell on a triple flip and had some under rotations and also did too many double toes. Reminds me of Nobunari Oda. Um, and yeah, keeping track in your head and counting is something that's very important out there. So the winner of the free skate was Japan's Hana Yoshida, who attempted a triple axel, but it was downgraded and she fell on it. She moved up from third after the short program to win the silver medal. And Korea's Chae Young Kim had some under rotations in her free skate, but she finished second in the free and third overall. Well, moving on to the pairs event, I said it was going to be a battle between the Italian pairs teams. I didn't realize there was kind of going to be a battle with the German teams as well. So, but the event was won by Italy's Sarah Conti and Niccolò Macchi. Um, this was their first Lombardia trophy title. But the free skate had a pretty scary moment. Um, with the last lift, uh, Niccolò told Judith over at Golden Skate he lost his focus as Sarah was too, for too far forward. 
so he fell on her. So they both fell. And it again, it looked pretty scary. Um, and I, you know, injury wise, they seem to be okay because they got up and they pulled off the death spiral. Uh, they received an actually minus three point deduction because for them both falling and then for a time violation. So interesting there. Um, but as I said, the Germans, I didn't expect the battle between the two German teams. I just was so focused on the Italian teams. But the new team of Minerva, Fabienne Haas, and Nikita Volden of Germany pulled up from third in the shore program to finish ahead of the other German team, Annika Hock and Robert Kunkel, who finished in third place. And the Italian team of Lucrezia Bacari and Matteo Garisi dropped from second after the short program to finish in fourth place. It's worth noting, too, that Rebecca Gilardi and Filippo Ambrosini received a deduction because of a costume malfunction that really affected their score in the short program. It lost them six points, so they would have been up in fifth, I think, without that deduction. Um, so that actually set them back just heading into the free skate. We've seen that already before over at Lake Placid at the International for Ice Dance, where Caleb Wine and his partner, Angela Ling, got a five-point deduction for a costume malfunction. So it's real out there. I still feel like when it's something like that, that is not, it's not under your control, that maybe there needs to be a little more leniency with it. I'm, I mean, it's very, very harsh. You don't get treated so harshly for other deductions, but this one, yeah, it's pretty severe. So moving on to the dance, uh, Charlene Guignard and Marco Fabri uh, won their seventh Lombardia trophy. The rhythm dance brought lots of color in the costume department. They did not get a music deduction. However, in reading what they what was released for their music, they're mentioning pieces like the cast of Glee is one of the things mentioned, as well as Adam Lambert to with regard to some of their music. And those are artists from, you know, the 2000s, that doesn't quite reflect the spirit of what the 80s, you know, the focus on the 80s is supposed to be, but they did not get a music deduction. So either it's okay, or those who are making that determination aren't aware of that complexity. Um, we'll see. Free dance is different from what they had last season they're doing the, the theory of everything which i think is something they've wanted to do for a while um winning the silver medal natalie tashler over and philip tashler they've continued to improve this season they seem to just keep getting better and better and their free dance uh from last season we all remember because it see it seemed to focus on taking better care of our planet this year their program is dedicated to their father. So in third place, Maria Kazakova and Yorgi Revia, who represent Georgia and are also training mates of the Tashlers, 
they've definitely shown some improvement this season. Their free dance of Schindler's List is a step in a different direction for them. So I think that over this season, we'll see if that improvement continues. Emily Brady, Ian Somerville of the U.S., free dance is probably one of the best free dances they've had in their short career. They finished fourth overall ahead of the team that on paper should have been probably in second, and that's Caroline Green and Michael Parsons. They had some issues with their performances here. Again, this is their first competition of the season, like many of the others. Their free dance, though, I really like because it resembles some of the style from their 21-22 free dance. I'm looking forward to seeing this program evolve over the season. Um, in sixth place, Katerina Moraskova, Daniel Moracek in their senior debut, really looking good, fitting in with all the senior teams. They have a lot of speed, which always helps. And it was nice to see Luca Lenate in the Kiss and Cry with a few of the Italian teams. Well, moving on to the Junior Grand Prix in Istanbul, Turkey. We'll start with the men. After finishing in fifth place in Bangkok, Kriya's Minku So took home gold in Istanbul. He had eight triples in the free skate to move up from second after the short program to win the gold medal. Japan's Riko Nakata who won gold in Bangkok, executed a quad toe in the free, along with seven triples. He finished second in the free skate and moved up from third after the short program to win the silver medal. He should qualify for the Junior Grand Prix final. We just got to wait and see how the rest of the skaters compete in the other events, but he should probably, that should be enough for him to make it to the JGP final. The leader after the short program was Japan's Daya Abahara. In the free skate, he fell on his opening triple axle, which was under-rotated. He also had a triple loop that was called under-rotated. He also fell on a back, it was like a back crossover as he was coming out of his changing camel spin. Um, He won the bronze here in his Junior Grand Prix debut. Well, moving on to the women... Winning the gold was Japan's Ami Nakai. Uh, this time, her only hope free skate included a triple axel. She won the free skate and also improved on her scores from Bangkok. Her overall score was four points higher than Bangkok, and she has qualified for the Junior Grand Prix final by winning these two JDP events. Japan's Rina Uizono, competing in her first JDP, moved up from fourth to claim the silver medal. Her free skate included a triple lots, triple toe, double toe, which earned 13.17 points. Korea's Yu Jae Kim, who is the twin sister of Yu Song Kim, won second bronze of her JGP career, and she did attempt a triple axel, but downgraded slash fell on it. Um, Team USA's Elise Lynn Gracie had the third best free skate. She earned personal best short program free skate and total scores, she was fifth in the short, but pulled up to fourth overall. Well, moving on to pairs, the new partnership of Anastasia Malikina and Luca Baruvala of Georgia won the gold medal, 
by more than 27 points. Now, Anastasia won the bronze last year with her previous partner at the Grand Prix Spa, and Luca won Junior Worlds in 2022, also competed at the Olympics, two Senior Worlds where he finished fourth in one, also competed on the Senior Grand Prix. And the reason I mention this is because this kind of bothered me why a team with experience at the Senior Grand Prix, and I know it was with previous partners, is allowed to then now go back down to the Junior Grand Prix just because it's a new partnership. Um, I understand the that you can compete at you know junior worlds and worlds in the same season you can also do like the junior grand prix and then you can have a senior challenger i get that that i get but i don't understand when you're having success on the senior grand prix and you have like in my opinion graduated from a junior from the junior grand prix and now you're in the senior grand prix why you can go back down to the junior grand prix even if it's a new partnership. I feel like once you have graduated from the Junior Grand Prix, you can't go back. Um, And I know there's no like formal graduation. And this is the same, the same sort of thing with Jeffrey um, Chen. The only thing with Jeffrey Chen is his partner never competed on the Junior Grand Prix, never competed on the Senior Grand Prix. Um, So... I and, think and yeah. yeah and Jeffrey they did not compete at a senior world championships either. Yeah. yeah. I just I feel like the junior grand prix we we hear, you know, Ted really mentions it, Mark mentions it. It's a development. It's, you know, you've got skaters of all different types of development, you know, really trying to it might be like their first international competition ever or they're from these small federations and they're nowhere near the level of some of the bigger federations but i feel like you know if you've gone and you've had success on the senior level i don't know if you really should come back to down to the junior level i just don't think it's fair for some of these other teams that are just starting out um so that was something that just really bothered me. I know there's it's a loophole in the ISU that allows a new partnership to do this as long as you're age eligible, but it just was something that frustrated me. So if any of the, you know, our listeners thought the same thing too, feel free to send us an email or contact us on social media and see what, you know, or if you disagree with me and you think that they should be allowed, let me know too. I, I'd love to have a discussion because it was something that really got to me and I, I texted in our group chat and I was talking with Anne about it a little bit more and she she and I are on the same uh, thought of that you shouldn't be allowed to go back down to the Junior Grand Prix. But I'll keep going on. He was fourth at yes. Worlds yes. with his former partner. And it does you know, seem and Anastasia here won a bronze medal on the senior grand prix. I mean, so yeah. I think when you're doing well on the senior grand prix, you should not that definitely should not be going down back down to the junior grand prix cuz a lot of the skaters who make it to the senior grand prix may never medal at the senior grand prix. Um, you know, so yeah, so yeah. just just the thing that kind of 
didn't sit well with me this week. And But I'm going to continue to talk about the rest of the pairs. Team USA's Olivia Flores and Luke Wang, who won the silver just last week in Linz, Austria, had a change had a change to their junior Grand Prix, and they actually competed back-to-back. It was like a last-minute change. Um, They moved up from third after the short program in Istanbul to claim their second silver medal. They earned a free skate score that was actually 10 points higher than last week's and seven points higher than their overall score from the last week. So improvement in a short amount of time. So two silvers will probably qualify them for the Junior Grand Prix final. Of course, they will have to wait and see how the pairs events happen after the last two Junior Grand Prix um, for pairs. And the new Canadian team of Jasmine DeRochers and Kiernan Thrasher were in second after the short program, and they finished in third place overall. And I thought this is a promising new team. I know they've only been together a short amount of time, but I'm looking forward to seeing them um, the rest of this Junior Grand Prix season. Well, in dance, the last time that Ukraine won a gold at the JGP, it was 2011. It was Maria Nasulia Evgeny Koloniak. That was way back at the JGP in Riga, September 2011. It's happened. Maria Pinchuk, Mikita Pogorelev, won the ice dance gold at this competition. After their skate, Maria said in the interview that was on YouTube, I'm so proud that we are Ukrainian and that we can compete for this country and do something in such a hard time for us in our country. We are also very grateful to the Austrian Federation that gave us opportunity to skate, to train, and to prepare for competition. Thank you so much. So that was a really big deal for them to end up with the gold at this competition. The silver medal went to Yali Peterson and Jeffrey Chen in her Team USA debut. Jeffrey, of course, has represented the USA for the last couple of seasons. Um, So this was an international debut for them because they did not compete in the international in Lake Placid. They were in the domestic event. Another... First, actually, this is a first time, Gina Zender and Beta Leon Sieber won Switzerland's first ever JGP ice dance medal, a bronze. So that was a huge step for them. Congratulations to all the medalists and those who competed at the JGP in Turkey. Well, we've got two events down. We still have another one to talk about. We still have more to talk about. Um, but anyway, John Nick's Pairs Challenge took place in New York City uh, this past week. In the senior event, Francis Camille Kolev and Pavel Kolev moved up from second after the short program to win the gold medal. Italy's Anja Velassi and Manuel Piazza moved up from third after the short program to win the silver medal. Leaders after the short program was was Team USA's Valentina Palazas and Maximiliano Fernandez. They had two falls in the free skate to finish fourth, and then they finished third overall. The Swedish pair team of Greta and John Crawford finished fourth overall and got the 2024 World Short Program minimum of 29 TES 
at the John Nix Parish Challenge. They already obtained their world's TES minimum in their Bavarian Open Free Skate in February. The same thing happened here for Austria's Sophia Schaler and Livio Marr. They also got the short program minimum here at John Nix. Um, they also got their world's TES minimum for the free skate at Bavarian Open. They finished eighth overall. There were junior teams at this competition. However, we are going to put links to that in our show notes so you can see all the results. We'll also include links for two NQS events, Middle Atlantic Figure Skating Championships and Skate St. Moritz. Those will both be in the show notes. We got through the event recap, Daphne. That was a lot. (laughs) That was a ton. And it's only going to get even more crazy because this week there's like four or five events. I know. So yeah, it's busy, busy, busy. The season is definitely in full swing. But let's move on to the general skating news. Yes. Uh, This first bit of news was disheartening. Frustrating. Yeah. Uh, The Court of Arbitration for Sport has denied U.S. Figure Skating's team's request for a seat in Camilla Vialieva's Russian doping hearing, which is taking place at the end of the month in Switzerland. Um, Christine Brennan reported that. Uh, Seeing that news, I was frustrated. Um, It's just one chair in the hearing for one person like can't you let them in so they can hear for themselves instead of having to hear from other people what is going on and what the hearing involves um yeah very frustrating it would definitely go a long way for transparency Mm -hmm. which is something that i think we've all talked about needs to be increased in the sport of figure skating well, there were a bunch of rosters and entries published this past week, including Finlandia Trophy, Andre Napola Memorial, and the JDP number no. seven in Yerevan, Armenia. All of the initial entries for those competitions were posted last week. Those will be linked in the show notes. There was one update to the entries for Grand Prix. Maya Mazara and Lorene Schilt have been added as France's entries on the TBDs for the Grand Prix de France. Well, Canada Sports Hall of Fame announced its 2023 class of inductees in Calgary on Thursday, and Tessa Virtue and Scott Moyer are among the nominees, and Scott even posted about it on his social media so we will put a link to that in our show notes and speaking of hall of fame nominations are being accepted for the u.s figure skating hall of fame class of 2024 Uh, u.s figure skating members and the public may submit a nomination um, and we will put that information in our show notes and as you know they are inducted into the hall of fame during national so the the winners or the um that get inducted will get inducted in Columbus in January. Yes. Last year, uh, one of the inductees or two, actually Maya and Alex Shibutani. Yes. So let's move on to some recent articles and interviews. The Brockville recorder and times had an article about the official opening of Elaine Chartrand's arena in Prescott, Ontario. U.S. figure skating's, Fan Zone had an article on Madison Hubble and her transition 
from the rink to rinkside and now being a coach. Well, Golden Skate had an article and video with Germany's Daria Grimm and Mikhail Savitsky after they won their gold medal in Linz um, just last week. So Golden Skate did Q&A with Ted Barton and Mark Henry. It was a video. Um, it's part of that series that Ted and Mark are doing for Golden Skate. It's a lot of fun to watch. They have such a great chemistry together as hosts. So it's always fun to listen to their commentary and their banter back and forth. These are just giving an additional insight into that. Yeah, and you know, they're not in the same room. Um, no. They haven't yet been. They will be later on in the Junior Grand Prix. But it's very interesting how, like, this week it was Mark who was in Istanbul, but Ted was back in Vancouver. And then t- the first two Junior Grand Prix, Ted was there. And you wouldn't notice it. I mean, like, when we do our podcast, we're not in the same room other than when we do it at a competition. Um, We're doing it, you know, we see each other via Zoom. Um, I'm not even sure if they see each other when they do their commentary. So I I think it's really cool. And you wouldn't even notice it unless, you know, thus they said, you know, I'm here in Vancouver and I'm here in Istanbul. You wouldn't know. Um, So they do a really great Mm -hmm. job with that. Yeah, it's easier when you can at least see someone because you're able to, you know, react to it and really have a great conversation. Mm-hmm. That's how Zoom helps. Um, I'm not sure how they do their commentary. That's yeah. a great question that we should totally ask Mark at some point in the near yeah. future. because I don't even feel like there's a delay. Like, sometimes they're cutting Mm-mm. each other off, which is really good because you would think with someone being remote and someone being live, that there would be a little bit of a delay. And you don't get that impression because sometimes Mark will say, oh, no, go ahead, Ted, you go ahead, because they're cutting each other off. Um, but so, yeah, definitely I, I want to ask some questions to Mark and Ted of how they do it, especially from someone who does broadcasting um, or came from a broadcasting background. I kind of want to know how they make it all work, so... Absolutely. Well, our friend Ryan over at the Skate Guard has been busy. He has two new blogs focused on figure skating history, and they include about the 1960 Europeans. And his second one is about Courier and Ives skating art. Well, moving on to social media updates, Daniel Grassel announced on September 5th that he'll be coached by Eduardo de Bernardi in Torino, Italy. That was big news because he had been training up with the Thierry Tuberidze's group in Russia. However, there was an article that came out the next day citing some Russian news sources. Grassel reportedly missed three doping tests last season due to not updating his location in the doping control tracking system. Hmm. It seems he didn't realize that he missed it um there's some confusion around that however if he is found um he could be disqualified for the season i mean he could be suspended from i believe at least this season that's going to be an interesting investigation as of september 11th daniel grassel's name is no longer listed for nebelhorn trophy as of today, he's still listed for Nepola Memorial. 
Well, Naomi Langstrong posted on Instagram her thoughts on being recognized by the North American Indigenous Athletes Hall of Fame. Well, Canada's Roman Sadovsky uploaded a vlog on September 10th about his knee and ankle injury that happened back in August, and that is the reason for his withdrawal from Cranberry Cup International in August. Well, Guillaume Cizeron recently posted an Instagram Reel video of him improvising to piano music played by Jean-Michel Blay in Switzerland. Not sure when this took place, but it was filmed by our good friend Jordan. Daisuke Murakami, who is who currently coaches at Great Park Ice in Irvine, California, posted two photos on his Instagram on September 8th that showed sisters Mao and Mai Asada visiting their former coach, Raf, at the rink. Associated Press published an article on September 10th about Sarah Hughes' announcement Regarding her decision not to run for Congress, the source was her social media, and I do remember seeing that post this past week. Well, moving on to program announcements, I am still updating our website with program announcements, especially now that we've had like Lombardia and the, J- the third JGP and now Autumn Classic coming this week. So keep an eye out there for the complete collection of program music. So, upcoming events for this week. It's going to be another busy one. September 14th through the 16th, we have Autumn Classic in Pierrefonds, Quebec. Well, the Junior Grand Prix continues September 13th to the 16th in Osaka, Japan. U.S. Solo Dance National Finals taking place in Chicago, Illinois from September 14th through the 17th. And we have some synchronized skating. Sydney's Synchronized Skating Festival is taking place September 15th to the 17th in Sydney, Australia. And finally, from September 13th through the 17th, we have Yelgava Cup taking place in Yelgava, Latvia. It's a very busy week of skating. Now we've reached the end of our program content. Gina, would you like to let folks know where they can find us? Well, you can find us at our website. It's thisweekinskating.com on social media, including the site formerly known as Twitter. And that's at at thiswkinskating. And then Facebook and Instagram, it's thisweekinskating. We're also on Threads, which is the new social media platform from Meta. We'd love your feedback or your questions. Definitely, if you thought like I did regarding the Junior Grand Prix, Senior Grand Prix, uh, definitely reach out. I want to hear your thoughts as well. You can reach out to us on social media or email us at thisweekinskating at gmail.com. We appreciate all the support that we've received via email and social media, so please keep it coming. We like to end each episode by shining a spotlight on what's going on at our respective websites. Over at IDC, I have Lombardia photos, a new team feature on Emma Goodstadt and Christian Bennett. They are a junior team representing Canada that just competed at the Turkey JGP. I have a solo feature article on Shinlei Case. This is an interview that Anne conducted, and Shinlei has a very interesting training schedule. Um, Her coaches are not located in Texas where she lives, so it's a really interesting setup that she has. Uh, Eliana and Ethan Peel allowed us to share their vlog on our YouTube channel. Uh, Coming this week, I will also have 
blogs from the solo dance final, as well as more photos from multiple international events. Gina, what's going on over at FSO? Well, I posted all of Giada's Lombardia photos, so those you can find on our website. Um, If you missed it, on Instagram this past week, Olivia Flores and Luke Wang took over the FSO Instagram account for a couple days, um, and they were posting from Istanbul. You can still see their stories is a high it's a highlight in our profile on our instagram profile so if you missed seeing um them take over the instagram account you can check it out there they answered fans questions so if you had a question for them and you want to hear their answer um, definitely check that out i did um launch a website it was ava ziggler's website and um i also had a q a with her and this week it's autumn classic photos that will be coming um as well so it's just busy you know you were busy over there at idc same here at fso yeah it's incredibly busy this time of year yeah it's with when we have these double competitions when we've got a jgp with a challenger and then maybe an nqs or another small international it's when like trying to manage i i think i wrote down the times for JGPs and, and for Lombardia this week. And I was like, ah, which one am I going to watch at which time? And I wasn't around um, on Saturday. Um, so I had to play catch up with Lombardia because I, I went and watched football on Saturday. But um, yeah, it's just trying to balance and and my rink opened this weekend, so it's then also trying to find, okay, when can I go to the rink? When can I watch? When when can I do everything? There's just not enough time in the day. Well, one thing we haven't mentioned is this is episode 99. No way. How? Yes. How is it 99? <laughs> so episode 100, it may drop later this week. We'll see. Yeah. We had some big plans for episode 100, and scheduling just didn't work out for what we were trying to do. So what we've decided to do is do something a little bit, well, we've kind of done it before, but it'll be a lot of fun for us to get to to talk about. Um, so you'll just have to stay tuned to our social media to find out when that is coming out. Okay. With that, we've reached the end of our episode. Thanks for listening. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And you've been listening to This Week in Skating. Have a nice week!